What up? This is Myron, and you are listening to the Rye Bread Mustard, a Mariners podcast, the down on the docks on the other side of the tracks, dive bar style podcast of and about the Seattle Mariners that you are listening to on the Odyssey app or hey, wherever else you're getting that podcast action from. I'm not going to judge as long as you're liking, subscribing, and following and all those good things. And that goes for YouTube as well. And if you have not said hello yet, Come check us out on the socials or, hey, if you got something really strongly worded to say, you can, you know, if you got to go there, you can always email us at, at ryebreadandmustardpodcast at gmail.com. Also, if you're looking for that gear because you're kind of like, I'm all right with this podcast, it's okay, but I like that gear. I want to get down. I want the street cred for wearing the rye bread. You can always go to at simply.core. That's at simply.core on Instagram or on Etsy. Also, if you're looking for a fun gift, go check out Tom Hutler's cameo. It's really good. If you've not listened to the Tom Hutler episode, you got to listen to that episode. If you're like, hold on, that name sounds familiar. Who is that? That is the Seattle Mariners PA announcer who's been holding that job down since 1987. You know, Ken Griffey Jr., Listen, I know I just butchered it, but go check out his cameo, you know, uh, send a send a birthday, send a well wish, you know, maybe just send a, uh, something funny or cute. You know, I, I think that's a romantic thing to have Tom do that. Anyways, check that out on cameo. Also, if you have not listened to the Brett Boone podcast, it's the podcast before this podcast. So just scroll on down, scroll on down and check that out. All right. That's a lot of house cleaning because we want to get all that kind of stuff out of the way because this is a good episode. This is going to be a fun episode. I'm looking forward to it. I don't know know why. I don't know if it's because the Mariners are on a six-game winning streak or it's their seventh road series win in a row or that they already clinched a, a winning road trip with three games to play. They're you know only a half game out of the number two spot. They're holding down the three spot in the wild card. Maybe it's Julio being hot, historically hot. Um I don't know. There's a lot to talk about. I, I need someone to talk to. That's why I can always lean on Hanno up in Edmonds. What's up, Hanno? Good afternoon. How you doing, man? I'm doing good. I'm surviving down here in uh, Hollywood, California, you know, hunkering in from this, uh, I guess, a light drizzle and a, a, a somewhat of a wind at, at 78. Well, I hope everything's okay and that... Uh... It misses you and hopefully the rest of the folks down there in Southern California. Thank you for your well wishes. We appreciate it. Uh, let's get into it. How fucking pumped up are you right now? I'm really glad that they won that series. I mean, it's one of the best series I've seen them play this year, including in that third game of the series was just spectacular. The things they went through, uh, the things that happened we talked about last time on the pod about uh, different guys showing up uh, down on the order, down in the order, and they sure did. Uh, I mean, when's the last time you heard uh, in this series that Dylan Moore hit two home runs in one game, followed up by a four-hit game the next day? So getting it from everybody, uh, bullpen by committee uh, was fantastic. Um, starting pitching was okay. Logan didn't have his stuff so much in the series, but he battled through. When you get you know, 19 runs and over 40 hits versus nine runs and just under 30, I think 27 to be exact for the Astros. Um, that's a recipe for a sweep. I mean, that's just unheard of against this team. And uh, the Mariners uh, did what they need to do and they got to keep it going. Yeah. I mean, the, 
it all boils down to me the to the biggest excitement was definitely these last two innings here in game three it was such it was such a pivotal swing uh kind of situation there you get the sweep or you don't yeah you either pull in with a half game or you're going back to two and a half games probably getting uh you'd probably be a half game behind or you would be a half game behind Toronto because they win. Um, you also put the pressure on uh, the Texas Rangers, you know, uh, by doing that, staying in within a series, a, a series worth of games uh, where you can, uh, you know, control your own destiny right there. I think the last time we had this kind of inning to me or impactful uh, end of a game or the outcome of the game was when we were playing that Toronto series, that final Toronto game during the Taylor Swift weekend. And we lost that game three, how big of a swing that was at the time. And, you know, and it put you back a week or two of crawling back in to get into that. And um, actually a month, just about a month. So uh, these are big swing uh, series wins, um, man. And, and, and you throw in the historic stuff that Julio was doing. In a four-game span, Julio had four wins. Yankees had none. Uh, he matched the Yankees with 17 total hits in 14 in four games. Uh, he had five runs. Yankees only scored four. He had five stolen bases. Yankees did not steal a base. Uh, I get it. It was a historically terrible uh, four-game stretch for the Yankees and a historically great game for Julio. But that was a fun stat to see. Yeah, anytime that you're ragging on the Yankees, I'm all for it. Obviously, there's a lot to talk about. There's 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 so many highlights from this weekend, and it's you know the first sweep they've had since 2018. So this group, this is the first sweep they've had down in Houston. They also clinch a series win. They clinch the tiebreaker if that comes into play. I mean, this was just just huge all around, and that's an understatement. Um, it, it was. You could just see the excitement of the guys uh, in the happy dance and, you know, doing the high fives off the field. I saw Scott service a great moment where he just he kind of stepped more out of the line and made sure he really gave uh, Eugenio, you know, some good dap and a nice slap on the ass because he had a hell of a game here in game three, had a great series. I mean, there's so much to talk about. Um, let's uh, Let's just take it back from the top and let's enjoy the series. How about we do that? Why bread and mustard, a Mariners podcast. We have the one and only Mr. Tom Hutler. How are you doing? Doing well, guys. Thank you for having me. There was one time I came out of a watering hole in West Seattle. <laughs> I mean, somebody, and, and this guy had been overserved. I came out of the restaurant and he goes, you're the, you're the Mariner guy? I go, yeah. And he goes, could you do Ken Griffey Jr.? And I said, okay. So I did it. And he goes, you're a great man. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> Listen and subscribe to Rye Bread and Mustard, a Mariners podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Yeah, that first game uh, was great. Just got enough with a couple solo shots. Julio, like you mentioned, kept his streak going. Mike Ford, who's been not very good of late, I think two for his last 39 or so, came through with a big uh, add-on home run and uh, had a few, uh, at least a couple more hits throughout the series. But, yeah, that's all you needed with Bryce Miller. Um, kind of changing up his game plan. Scott Service talked about that. Houston's very good at pre-scouting and kind of trying to figure out what uh, the other team does and uh, a lot of secondary stuff from uh, Bryce Miller and it was successful and it was a great 2-0 uh, win to start off the series. 
Yeah, and obviously the bullpen, spoiler alert, was clean. You got Topo going one and two thirds. You got Munoz coming in and having a clean inning. I mean, yeah, he got a clean inning, I should say. He gave up two hits, but none of those hits left the infield. Those were all balls that pretty much should have been out in my book. It was a little bit of like piss on your leg kind of defense mental stuff. And then all of a sudden just recovered with, with a great stud play. Yeah. You're talking about the double play. Yes, I am. Yeah. (laughs) It was fantastic. Going to his right, throwing across his body, not wasting any motion, keeping the ball and throwing it from the slot right where he received it. Uh, Caballero made a nice catch and fired a first. Yeah, it was a web gem no, for sure. And especially after what was happening in that inning, you know, yeah, you have the top of their lineup coming up. You get the, you know, double play ball already. And, you know, the ball comes out of Rojas's glove on the transfer. And you're just like, oh, my God, it was just excruciating. And then you get the first and third. And then you get the then all of a sudden the double play happens. It was just, it was just one of those, oh my God, you know, we landed the plane feeling. We have Eugenio. He's saved us a lot of runs. We've talked about it multiple times here. Yeah. I feel like anytime that we're in a situation late into a game with Houston, it reminds me of the nineties and early 2000 Yankees and being in Yankee stadium. And it just always seems like right about the bottom of the eighth or the top of the ninth, they always got their studs up there and they almost always got you in a situation. And Hey, I'm triggered from last year's uh, playoff game. Yeah. I mean, I, I see what you're saying. No doubt. I mean, I can see how you correlate the Yankees uh, back in the day, both stadiums are fired up. They're kind of hostile environments, both fan bases at the times uh, weren't very fond of each other. A lot of momentum. Uh, a lot of, you know, when you can tell when things start going wrong down there in Houston, the crowd brings their volume up, but the Mariners were able to uh, just shut that down real quickly there. Uh, I'm really, really happy the way the Mariners have played lately in, in buildings that have been juiced up. I mean, playing in Seattle against Toronto, uh, against Baltimore, um, and then obviously down here, those are games where the uh, crowd can have effect and there's momentum swings throughout these series and the Mariners sure held their own this game too I guess this was just probably the not probably obviously the most enjoyable Saturday night uh, we've had all season yeah definitely I mean you were getting contributions guys hitting out the ballpark in the ball of the ballpark like I mentioned earlier two home runs from Dylan Moore, a home run from Sam Haggerty. But you also had a great defensive play in left field from Cade Marlowe. I mean, to me, that was kind of the unknown factor of the game. You get a couple shoestring catches, played a ball beautifully off the Crawford box to throw out uh, Altuve. And then in that corner, just right of uh, the Crawford box and that little nook in the 366 mark, he made a nice catch. Uh, I mean, it seems pretty routine, but in that ballpark, it's kind of a – in ballpark the way it's uh, shaped and all the nooks and crannies. So, yeah, it was uh, a nice, easy victory with some outstanding play from a lot of guys on the Mariner team. Yeah, and we could throw Teo Hernandez in there. You know, he had back-to-back games there where he had like three hits, but it's just so overshadowed from what Julio's been doing and stuff like that. He had a great series as well at the plate. 
yeah, a lot of guys are coming up at the right time. A lot of guys are, like we mentioned and I keep mentioning, is uh, different guys are stepping up, uh, you know, helping out. And that's what it takes to uh, go on a big run like this and play really good, successful ball and never feel like you're out of it. Um, Ty France at times. Um, and this has all been without J.P. Crawford, which will be nice to get him back. And hopefully he just uh, comes back and starts where he left off. I mean, it's exciting. Yeah, and I think, too, we, we have to talk about it. We got another almost fight between these two teams. And surprise, surprise, look who was in the middle of it. Caballero. Yeah, I mean, he's a pest. You know, is it ironic that he was the first guy up after the home run that he was dotted? You know, you could say that that's the case, but um, Houston's pitcher has shown to uh, kind of lose it and then being the next guy after giving up home run. Uh, it's been, it's happened earlier in this season, but uh, since it was Caballero, the pest, and, you know, a lot of history there with, him uh, manipulating the pitch clock, him having his discussions with Maldonado, the catcher earlier on in the year. So, yeah, um, it was – if anybody was to get hit, I was kind of glad that it was him to see a little bit of fight in the Mariners, and uh, they sure did stand up for each other. Yeah, I am really surprised that it didn't pop off because usually when it's – this is the second time something happens, there's usually a like a blow-off, you know? Uh, same thing in WWE wrestling. They're only going to go in the ring a couple times and talk on the mic that, you know, and eventually one guy's going to jump out of the crowd and uh, hit him with a chair, hit him with a stunner, uh, do something. Cause you can only talk so much. Yeah. I get what you're saying. I mean, um, obviously Caballero uh, felt it was intentional. So he stood up for himself and he barked at him and benches cleared. There's a lot of history between these two teams with players getting hit. And like you said, it popped off. Well, the question I'm asking you, isn't it kind of crazy? It hasn't like that. It had it, earlier. It, it hasn't. No, I mean, just period. Just going back between the Mariners since 2021, it just seems like there's been so it's been so close to boiling over and then it doesn't. And it, oh. I just find it surprising that it hasn't happened, but maybe it's just the makeup of the guys that we have on our team. If this was the older team, and I'm not saying that they're not doing the right thing by diffusing it, of course, you don't want people hurt or suspended, but I'm just surprised that you could have this many almost fights and not have a fight between the two teams. No, I see what you're saying now. Um, the benches have cleared before with guys getting hit in years past. Um, so it's happened before. Am I surprised that nobody's actually throwing blows? I mean, it's hard to say, but um, there's definitely tension between the teams. No doubt. I agree with you there. Oh, yeah. Dusty Baker's the, the one person I think that's always going to fight when they're out there is Dusty Baker. And uh, he always seems pretty adamant of doing nothing wrong, of course. But uh, I do like Dusty Baker. Um, uh, I like the old schoolness to him and stuff like that. But I also love when we make him mad and we beat him. I love it when he's hiding out in the dugout in his spots. Yeah, I've noticed he does that a lot for his superstitions of trying to change the mojo of his team and what's uh, happening and trying to change their luck. So, yeah, it's, it's a thing I definitely have noticed as well. 
then of course game three we made our way back to game three that just happened i think this was just as good as one of the playoff games that i've i've seen in the last year of just a, a lot of sticky situations look how many pitchers were used to kind of remind me of a playoff game where it's all hands on set. You had Hancock, you had Tacito, you had Thornton, you had Brash, you had Campbell, you had Topa, you had Munoz, you had Spire. That's a, that's a, I mean, obviously it turned into a bullpen game when Hancock um, started having issues out there and they had to take him out. But I mean, you know, Mariners pop out, you know, what, six to nothing. Then Houston comes back and scores five right after they have to throw Saucedo in there. Probably had to rush him in there. Not probably, definitely had to get him in there. Just didn't look like himself. Mariners come back an inning or so later, add on. This is like one of these victories that we've been asking for, and we've been seeing it, but this is what we were just dying and just begging and pleading for at and during the first half of the season was the Mariners to be able to keep adding on. Yeah. They only added on one more run, but it was, that was the seventh run. And, you know, if you score seven runs, you should be able to win a game, especially with the, the, the arms that we have. And, and they did it. Yeah, they sure did. I mean, unfortunate for both clubs uh, to have a couple young pitchers go down early and it w- did turn into a bull- bullpen game. Uh, luckily, for us, we are one of the better bullpens as well as Houston. I think they're both top 10 in a bunch of categories. But, yeah, Sauce, uh, yeah, came out and just didn't have it today. And, you know, kind of a weird spot to be put in, like you mentioned. But uh, we were able to get um, enough of a lead and pat it on uh, for him to give up the runs that he did. And, uh, yeah, the other guys sure stepped up because the bats kind of didn't come through with a – guys in in scoring position and uh it was really good for that club to or for the mariners to uh do the bullpen by committee and be as successful as they were it was huge it was definitely a bullpen victory today for the mariners you got to see a really strong finish where you bring in munoz in the eighth inning to take on the top of the lineup and then you 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 don't get to Alvarez and Alvarez comes up to lead off the next inning against Spire. You get the lefty in there. Sure. It was a little bit, like I said earlier, still have those trigger feelings of what happened with Robbie Ray, but Spire goes and just closes this down. Um, you were kind of wondering who was coming in next when they brought in Munoz in the eighth and Munoz had such a quick inning there was the thought in my head that maybe he was going to come back out in the ninth, but obviously they liked the lefty matchup and Spire held it down. And let's not forget Brash, you know, an inning and a third earlier in the game really like settled things down. I felt like, so I, you know, you're looking at your high leverage guys, uh, you know, Brash Munoz, excellent outing here when you needed it in a big spot, when the momentum was going, it felt like, Houston had a hold of momentum that, like I said, they always get you in that position in the eighth and ninth inning. I mean, that's why they're so good and they took care of business. So I think this was a huge, I would think a very huge win, not just for the team, but especially for the bullpen, just because of, you know, in the last couple of weeks, it's, they've been used a lot and the results haven't really been there, but this is a good, I think, again, like a, a definite swing. 
Yeah, it's a really good moment for the Mariners. This whole series definitely shows you it takes a whole team. Uh, Julio definitely carried the mail for most of it. But you got, like you said, the bullpen was good. You got contributions from other guys up and down the lineup. You mentioned Teoscar. Um, I mentioned Marlowe. Canzone had a great uh, four hits in this last game. Dylan Moore had some hits. So it t- it's for this team to be successful, they need it from different guys every night uh, to uh, keep it going. Uh, we saw earlier in the year when you had guys slumping and not other guys picking them up, but that's certainly not the case of how they've been playing lately, and that's been the big key for me in seeing how the Mariners have turned this around and have gone on this such a hot streak that they've been on. Yeah, and for me, the player of this game, I know Canzone got the four hits, and we'll talk about that in a second here, but just Eugenio with the defense, the home run, and just and the defense at these particular times. I really liked how Peacock in the broadcast, they made sure to go back and highlight that bare hand toss over to first base, how it on the third bounce, most guys would just eat it or it's not going to happen, and Eugenio just – still went through grab the ball makes and a fucking amazing throw i mean that was that's a web gem for sure yeah i mean they mentioned it uh he grabbed the ball like you said barehanded and all in one motion through it and they mentioned footwork something brett boone talked about with us the last time uh he was on with us here recently and go check that out i know he'll pump that up as well but it's all about footwork and you know getting around the ball and he made that throw all in one motion like you said so uh it was a fantastic play he does it day after day sure he had a air this series which was uncharacteristic but i you know he gets a pass every time from me because he saves so many balls in so many clutch situations he can make every single play yeah i mean whatever they've done Whatever him and Perry Hill have done, of course, just like you said, Brett Boone uh, talks about the footwork on that episode. But, but whatever they've unlocked, they've unlocked like it feels like some of his old shortstop skills. You know, he came up, he was originally a shortstop, and now you're seeing that. And I feel like he did great last year at defense, but this year is a whole nother level, especially with the mobility. Yeah, I think if you ever played shortstop, it's one of the hardest positions to play. And if you get moved around the infield, you never lose that attribute to your game. So, I mean, yeah, you're right. He takes a little bit of that and brings it to third base, and it's a different position. You're not covering as much ground, but uh, playing the shortstop position and then moving, there's a lot still that he takes part of his game that he has definitely shown. Um, while he's played at third base this year. And as, and as far as defense, you know, we, we saw uh, Cade Marlowe have a great game. He's just been fantastic since he's come up. And now we're getting to see what possibly we might have gotten with Canzone. I know he got the four hits today. And let's be honest, maybe one of the best uh, pictures or memes, I'm sure this is going to be a meme, the old Magnifico with that the hand up at second base if, is I guess that's what it, that is uh, obviously that's uh, an, um, also a popular emoji for texting I've already seen the pictures I we posted it it's, that's just an awesome shot out there on second base and an awesome awesome gesture <laughs> I love it yeah it seems like all the Mariners kind of have their own gestures when they get on base I've noticed him do that before but uh he probably was a lot more excited to do it this time after getting oh, yeah. in one game. I mean, we've seen him in the last seven days 
have probably his biggest career moments. Yes, he hit the big uh, home run, uh, you know, that we couldn't get the job done there in, in the series with Baltimore. Then he has a killer day in Kansas City. And then he has today's game, 4-4. And this is all within seven days. Yeah, I, I, he's He's got to be feeling more comfortable. Again, this is a guy who's what he's – still hasn't even played 30 games in the big league. So I'm not going to like crown him anything, but I'm sure Jarek Kelnick when he comes back is, you know, going to be obviously inserted right back in the lineup. He earned that, but it's, 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 we're looking good in the outfield right now, really good. And especially defensively, like where now, you know, you look at Tom Murphy, you hope he comes back. He's been doing a lot of DHing, but really on this roster, he's, he's meant to back up Cal pinch hit, you know, get one to two starts and with Canzone and you have uh, Marlowe and let's just think of when Jerry Kelnick comes back, you're dead. We've talked about this before. You're definitely going to see the defense feel more a uh, much more steadier, much have much more, uh, confidence in them trust in them i think when you have marlo and you have a canzone and you have a julio out there rotating around versus teo uh you, i feel like you definitely can see the difference but also that makes the dh position so much stronger if these guys can keep doing this yeah i mean the thing about canzone too is like you said he's not playing every day um he's and still being able to do it you know marlo got the start in game two Canzone didn't play and uh, Canzone comes up and has a big, uh, big day today. So when you're not playing every day and getting those normal at bats, you know, it's kind of hard sometimes, especially for young guys to uh, be in, get in the groove. And uh, he certainly uh, stepped in and anytime he's gotten his chance, he's more, more times than not, he's uh, came through for the Mariners since he's been traded over. Right. And so what do you think about, Hernandez moving him to DH when when JK comes back more oh. would you have him out in D would you have, rather him DH more than playing the field would you rather have a Canzone uh, or Marlowe out there with JK or any any of that combinations uh, surrounding Julio um yeah I I'm not of I would always put Teo at DH rather than in the outfield for sure yeah. Yeah, I know that you feel that way. But yeah, I, said, I, I, I said it before last time too. I know we've you said it many it. a times. I'm going to cut together a many 45 times. minute. I'm going to cut together a 45 minute video in the off season of you just uh, hey, I, I, going, I hey, he it. should be his DH. And listen, he, I think that would be a great DH. And you know, put him out in the field if you got to put him out in the field. But I, I feel like Cade Marlowe's so good at defense and you're seeing it and we already know how good Jared Kelnick is at defense and we all know what Julio is uh, and then at this point you're kind of splitting hairs of do you want Canzone out there or do you want Teoscar and I would say defensively I'd I'd rather have uh Canzone yeah I mean I've seen good and bad things from both guys Canzone seems like uh, it, it's, it's hard. I haven't seen enough of Canzone and Wright. I've seen more of Teo. Um, so, but as far as, uh, when Jared Kelnick comes back, I would definitely put, um, Teoscar at DH. Um, but yeah, 
that's just kind of how I feel. Just really feeling good about the outfield position as long as everybody stays healthy, nobody kicks things, nobody throws things, uh, nobody gets hurt. Did you feel your earthquake? I just got a notification yep. saying you did feel it? Yep. I did feel it. I was about to say that, but you were in the middle of a thing. Wow. Well, you should have yeah. You should have got under the table and protected yourself. You're a pro's you, pro. Earthquake down here are like burps and farts, man. I mean, it, it, they're just going to happen. 5.0 is a good one. Where where was the epicenter? Um, I'm not I don't know if I'm going to say it correctly. Oh, Jai. O J A I. Yeah. Um I mean, here's the reason why I didn't feel that. I mean, yes, there's an earthquake just happened here down here in uh, Southern California while we're doing this. But the excitement of this sweep, I was unfazed by it. I thought it was just me getting all fucking pumped up here. No, I did feel my, my chair while we're doing it. We'll have to go back to the beginning of the episode and watch it because there's a point where I was going like this and I thought it was like my seat was just kind of bouncing a little bit and i was like i thought i was just excited just to do this episode and talk about what the mariners are doing and i guess it was an earthquake wow that's impressive I mean, usually when people feel trembling they'll mention something like i said you're a pro's pro no yeah we got to talk we got to get this episode in man we got to <laughs> we got to get it in it's it's huge Rye bread and mustard a mariners podcast we have the one and only Mr. Tom Hutler, do you have any of your favorite stories from the kingdom? There was a time we had an earthquake, and so we they were going to evacuate the building. So I was like getting up to go and leave, and they go, no, you can't go. you got to read these safety <laughs> things. It's like, do we need to tell them that there's smokings only on the exterior ramps? Yeah. <laughs> and Dave came shooting past. He signed off. I'm going, wait, I'm the only one here. Listen and subscribe to Rye Bread and Mustard, a Meredith podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. So we forgot to mention yesterday, uh, or and. What we forgot to mention also, too, is we got to give Sam Haggerty uh, some props. He got his first home run of the year, his first trident. That means uh, his first tri- hold of the sh- his first time getting his hands around the, the trident and walking through the dugout with it. So that means right now on the active roster, he was the only one. But do you know who the only person on the active roster that has not held the trident yet? Uh, I'm going to have to ask the stat department. Oh, yep, the new catcher, O'Keefe. Okay, O'Keefe. Okay, so we hopefully in the Chicago series we see O'Keefe go yard. Because at one point, we've been waiting for this all year. (laughs) We've talked about it a few times. I think maybe we've done this privately of, like, who has not held the trident yet? So uh, I'm hoping, and I'm picking. He's my pick to click this weekend in Chicago. You know he's going to get some A-Bs with Tom Murphy out. Um, he's probably going to get at least one start. Um, I've seen him hit a colossal home run at spring training, so he definitely has the power. Oh, yeah, that hot Arizona air. I'm sure his ball traveled down there. Oh, it was just – I think the the biggest bomb I saw all spring was off of him because I had no idea who he was, and I was like, who hit that fucking thing? Yeah, was it off a rookie in the backfield or in a real cactus game? It was a real cactus game. Nice. Real cactus. Because he was, yeah, he was getting some, he was getting some, he was spelling, he was spelling uh, Tom Murphy quite a bit when I was there. Do you want anything you want to say about Julio? Incredible. That's all I got to say. Haven't seen something like that ever. 
nobody has. Nobody has. End of story. I mean, uh, there's tons of good articles and tons of content out there to, to talk about what Julio did. Why you want to listen to a couple of idiots like us talk about it? We we will sum it up in a a couple of sentences. Yeah, unbelievable, incredible. We've never seen that. The stat and the stat department break will back that up. You're seeing things that have never been done in baseball. I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you right now. I don't know when they're gonna release the the players of the week. But our podcast will go out at, uh, I don't know, early in the morning. I'm just going to tell you right now, spoiler alert, Julio Rodriguez, AL Player of the Week. If he is not, I will fly to um, New York, and I will be getting arrested from you know climbing up into the tower to find out who makes these decisions and demanding answers. So you're going to have to bail me out, Hanno, if this all backfires. That's a big bailout. Flight to New York and money to get you out. Because I can't just do that over the phone, can I? Or wire it? I, no, I've never I don't know. do it before. That's how sure I am of uh, Player of the Week. I mean, if somebody does something like that, you don't give them the Player of the Week, then this is just fucked. Everything is fucked. Yeah, it's a book it. He's Player of the Week. Yeah. One quick thing before we get out of here. Obviously, we start in the Chicago series. Uh, Mariners have set themselves up really, really well for this series, especially with the six-game winning streak. But listen, you didn't pitch Castillo, Kirby, or Miller in this Houston series, which is huge. I mean, the Mariners could potentially get all three of these games. I know they got a plan, but this is this is looking – like maybe the best road trip the Mariners have had, I don't know, ever, <laughs> you know? <laughs> I mean, these guys are just playing such a good baseball. It's must-see TV. Um, I think Peacock, having them on Peacock, definitely right now versus, let's just say this was a game earlier in the season. This was the Mariners put everybody on notice today. Wow. I, I like your previous statement better. It was nice that uh, um, the Mariners did this without George Kirby and Julio or and uh, Luis Castillo not going. But I think people have already started to see what the Mariners have been doing. But you're saying as of right now, take they haven't notice. been on a they haven't been on a national broadcast playing this well. Like you they, think that many people saw Peacock? Peacock's huge. This is NBC. This I is, understand. If you, but if, just, you, if you don't, just, if you don't just watch cable, if you don't just watch cable like an old dinosaur, Peacock is huge. This is a huge, huge thing. I, I understand that, but I'm just saying, you think this is more than people seeing the Sunday night game of the week or one of the Fox broadcasts? That's all I'm asking. No need to attack. I I think it's not from as this big, di- from this dinosaur at least. Yes, uh, it's not as big as that, but I mean, like it's. Everybody can watch this game. Everybody has a chance to watch this game. Every Mariners fan, you could get a free thing. Somebody's got a somebody's got a passcode. You know, you're you're getting a national perspective. Uh, the Houston fans, obviously, were watching this game. I mean, all of, Apple TV, Peacock. I mean, they're obviously getting good numbers with this. So I'm not saying that. I'm just saying I, I feel that you don't. I think you think more people got were able to see it than actually were. 
That's all I'm saying. I don't know. We'll, we'll have to get the numbers. We'll have to get the numbers. You don't like it when it's on Apple TV, and you don't like it when it's I on just, I, I just read what people say from Houston to here saying, oh, God, it's on. I mean, oh, it's on this. It's on that. That's all I'm saying. I don't know. I'm just going by what people say. I personally like it when they're on these these things. Uh, like, you know, you have 162 games, and maybe you have like six of these on there a year. Uh, I think Peacock does a far better job than Apple does, uh, big time. I think Apple, there's just too much. We're gonna we're gonna do too much instead of the game going on. And I just thought it felt more like a it found like more like a standard game or or a playoff game the way it was presented today. I just think it's unfair for people whether they have. The FUBU app because they want to watch Root or if they have cable and want to watch Root or and then they have the Major League Baseball app and then they throw these little one-offs on the Apple, on the Peacock. I just think it's it makes, for me, is in my opinion, when Major League Baseball want to get these games out for everyone to see and not put, I mean, it's money. I get that, but I just, that's just how I think of it. It doesn't make much sense to me. Because for most hmm. people that get this, the the uh, um, streaming to watch the Mariners most of the time, they got to buy Fubo, correct? Am I correct in that? That, or if you're out of market, MLB. MLB. Yeah. I have MLB. So I then you MLB put it on this work. other third thing. Why do you got to pay for another third thing? That's all I'm asking. Well, that's just the way it is now. I mean, they're doing it across all the sports. So it's just kind of the thing where I'm not going to boycott not watching it. You know, I'm going to I'm going to watch it. Uh, I just like it when you get a national perspective once in a while, when you get to hear somebody like Nick Swisher, who does the games, who's just so excited about Seattle instead of just sitting here inside the vacuum all the time with root sports. So uh, that's basically my point is I like to hear I like to hear when somebody else that, you know what I you know what I haven't. I haven't really followed this team. I've been hearing about them. I know that they're making some noise and then you get to see them go out here today and, you know, bounce back, have one of these, these wins where they had to piece together the bullpen. They, they put up big runs. Julio was just on this historic heater going into it. It was just like a great time to be on something that was bigger. I wish, I wish, yeah, I can't tell you the last time that the Mariners were ever on base, uh, Sunday baseball tonight game or whatever. Oh, no. I, I mean, no doubt. It's the Yankees or the Red Sox or the Cubs or the Cardinals. Right. Yeah, they, they don't split it up that well. That's for sure. I understand that. I'm just yeah. saying, I just think it's unfortunate that people have to pay for three, four, five different things to do yeah, that. Yeah, I know. I, to yeah, me, that, that's, not, like, that's not what it should be. Like I said, too, you look at NFL, it's the same thing. Uh, NBA, How? same thing. They have the they have the Amazon Prime games and things like that. Yeah, I get that. Yeah, yeah, and well, there's not as many games too. So I mean, but still, it's 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 these things where it's like, hey, well, if you don't have regular TV, which cable's a ripoff too. It's not only is it it's the old way. Sure, it's great, but it's like it's a ripoff. So. Uh, you get you got to watch the CBS games on Paramount. You know, your NBC game is going to be on Peacock and then your Fox thing is going to be on the Fox app. And yeah, it's just kind of the way it is now. But I, 
I guess my point is I just like when the Mariners get to be on an, on some sort of bigger national stage, whatever it is. But of course, I wish it would be the Fox game of the week just on regular old Fox. I think the last time we were ever on a Sunday night baseball it has to be like when Felix Hernandez was pitching on the team. It's got to been that long. And I don't even I didn't even know they still had Sunday night baseball because the Mariners have never ever been involved in it. So I've just kind of just like, oh, did that thing kind of go away? But yeah, I, I, I mean the thing there. with with thing with Fox, I mean, they've been on FS2 quite a bit at the same time with Root this year. What's nice about that is they're both on and you can choose depending which one you have um to be able to watch it. So that makes it good for the Mariners fan and the user to be able to have if they don't have root or fubo or whatever they can watch and give them a chance. Yeah. I just think it should be more options. That's all. And be able to be. Yeah, it'd I be great. It. All sports should be free. We'll be back Thursday uh, after the Chicago series wraps. Hopefully we're looking at a, a nine game winning streak. Hey, I, as long as they get two or three, I'm very happy with it. Again, we talked about it. They set themselves up pretty good as far as starting pitching. Mariners are playing the best baseball in baseball right now. Um, and Chicago White Sox are not very good team. We got three series in a row with three bad teams, but we, you, you got to play them all. But this is the time they're going to make up some hay. The time of this recording going out, Mariners are only three games back in the West. Uh, so here's my question to you. Are you all in on this West thing? Nope. I'm still the same as I was before. Get by Houston, then worry about Texas and that. Take one game at a time. You've gotten into the wild card. You're only up, what, half game on that? There's a long season to go. Block by block by block. It's pretty interesting. It's pretty interesting right now. Like, There's a situation, though, too, where Texas Rangers could potentially not be in the playoffs. Only I only say that because if they go on a slide... And the Mariners keep playing, and Houston does what Houston does. And listen, Toronto's not going anywhere right now. So, and 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 you also have Tampa Bay in there. So it's kind of like you got these these five teams orbiting around. Uh, somebody's not going. Yeah, what forty games or so left? Anything can happen. It's going to come down to the right to the wire, but. As far as the games that we're seeing that are up and coming, it's going to be exciting to watch the how this plays out. It's it's a great time if you're a baseball fan. Hell yeah. Uh, also, we'll be down next Sunday. Start making your reservations. We'll be down at Tacos and Tequila. Might have some swag. We'll be down there hanging out. End of the KC series. I'll be up there. Um, I got to get away from these earthquakes and these hurricanes. Be back up there to watch some Mariners baseball next Sunday in Seattle. Anyways, thanks for liking, subscribing, and all that good stuff. Again, go to Cameo. Get yourself a Tom Hutler uh, Cameo for somebody. Or, hey, even yourself. It might even be kind of cool to hear your name announced going up to the plate. You know, that's a little self-care for you. Uh, Also, go check out the Brett Boone podcast. We talked a little bit. We referenced some good stuff on there. We definitely got some knowledge dropped down on us on that episode. Lots of fun. Also, some cool Lou Pinella stories and some fun stuff in there. Also talks about, hey, uh, what his brother's been up to (laughs) in New York a little bit. With that being said, Hanno, you know what time it is. 